0: Welcome to Business and Investing with Grant and Charlie, where we are enhancing your complete set of skills to build wealth inside and outside your business. Hey, Charlie, have you ever thought about like upgrading something around you recently?
1: Yeah, I'm actually thinking about upgrading my Mac. I don't think I've got enough RAM.
0: Hey, wait, do we like timestamp this? Are you looking at the new M3s? I absolutely am. Dude, ah, they look amazing. It's like 80% faster than one. Anyway... Dude, it has been one thing that I've been thinking about, which is like, what else in our lives can we upgrade? And it got me thinking. People listen to this podcast, but they haven't upgraded themselves and their information. Well, they're actually on the newsletter list. How dare they? I know, right? And I'm sitting there I'm like, that is such an easy upgrade. All you need to do is head over to businessandinvesting.com forward slash newsletter. Enter in your name and email and hit subscribe. Now, just remember, this is like going from the Intel Max to the new M3 Max. It is going to upgrade <laughs> your. In- Wait,
1: are we going to make Apple pay for this promotion in this damn, intro? S-
0: damn straight. This is a double promo. Damn straight. <laughs> so head over, subscribe. Now, let's cue your disclaimer it's charlie here from business and
1: investing and i need to let you know that grant myself and the business and investing team are in no way shape or form qualified to give you personal or specific financial advice we strongly encourage you seek out and use professionals when you are making investment decisions or comparing investment products <laughs> Uh, Grant, I hope you're enjoying your Hawaiian life. I can see some uh, beautiful clouds out in that background there. So for anyone who's only on audio at the moment, uh, Grant's on location. He's in the beautiful um, scene of Hawaii. Now, Grant, we're going to be talking about something very interesting and at the core
0: of what I've been thinking about in the last week,
1: which is upgrading your identity as a business owner.
0: When you brought up the topic, I'm like, well done on just making it completely transparent between what we're going through. It's great.
1: Well. You know, there's a lot of podcasts out there that they hang on things they've done in the past, but don't necessarily bring people along to what they're dealing with today. And I think that's at a massive disservice. I also don't want to pretend that I've got everything worked out. Like I'm on my own journey of achievement as well. Yes, I've done some cool shit, but I am not done. And I think the things I'm doing now have some interesting concepts and ideas that would
0: help other people. Completely. go.
1: Now, Grant, do you like this uh,
0: top I have on? I thoroughly enjoy that top that you got on. Is that a, is that a Travis Matthews? Is that what it is? It is. It is. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> All right. I swear, I
1: swear there's a point to this, and this does have a, a nice tie into the episode <laughs> of the topic today. Um, I actually went out last week for a walk and did some retail therapy. I kid you not, I was feeling terrible. I was moping around, I had the SADs and i walked over to uh the the golf shop moping in there and i saw they had 40% off on this uh top and the the guy come over he's like oh mate did you want to get one of those and i was like yes please <laughs>
0: not really but i, I feel like <laughs> i need it hang on is this because i flew to hawaii i'm like you shouldn't be this sad about it <laughs> the love's there i appreciate you
1: that is not at all why I was.
0: I'll pretend like it is. Okay, so then you bought your top for retail therapy?
1: And and the worst part of it is it didn't actually make me feel any better. So now I'm coming out of this golf shop with the bag in my hand, still moping around Melbourne, cracking the sads.
0: You know know what fixes it? You need to buy something more expensive, like go and buy a Porsche. Now that will help you out.
1: (laughs) What's the bet that's actually happened?
0: Yeah, I know, right? Like, it's like, oh, this didn't work. I need to add another zero. I need to add another zero. I just keep adding more zeros to it until it's like, ah, now I feel better.
1: It's like the concept of you just keep adding chili spice until you feel something, right? I'm just like, (laughs) that's not the way to do it. That's not the way to do it at all. No, I've been going through a bit of an identity upgrade. And I think this is something that business owners, uh, one, often neglect or don't think is real. But then, two, when they are going through those types of transitions, don't necessarily acknowledge just how hard it is. Now, to fill you in in the morning on why I was even out doing this, you know, retail therapy, we'll call it right now, was because I literally uh, had a Zoom call with someone who is someone that we are working with. And I told them that we're going to have to wrap things up, that we we are no longer a fit to work together. Now, I'm even going to be a little bit more transparent here and say that this person is responsible for thousands of dollars of profit in our business every month. Thousands. This isn't a small purchase, right? And I had to wrap it up because they're no longer a fit for the business and business owners that we want to be. So I'm on a call, and the only thing I can imagine, first off, it's really hard to, uh, as a few things, one, tell someone you like, like they're a good person, that they're no longer a fit to work with you. They often don't take it well, and this person did not. And then two, is that I'm looking at the money and profit, not just like revenue, the profit we make for this. And just saying goodbye to that and just lighting it on fire and going, no more. Yep.
0: Right? Someone else gets that profit.
1: Yeah, someone else is going to look after them. And, and to be fair, I did refer them to someone else. Someone else is going to make a profit on that. And I'm, you know, I do hope that the universe will transpire, that that will come back around in a really great way. But it's really easy to get rid of things that uh, don't serve you completely. Right? So let's say uh, this was a client we're working with and we're losing thousands of dollars a month on this project, to have that call and say, this isn't working, super easy.
0: Totally. It's like a cancer. Cut it out, done, move on with it. Move it on. Yep.
1: But when you're trying to make significant upgrades in your business and the things that used to work for you are now no, no longer a fear, this is where immense challenge comes from, like immense challenge. And I'm looking at the time and resources we're spending on serving this particular uh, project. Like We can't keep doing it. It's chewing up and I'll use really, I'll use round numbers. Let's say this uh, account um, used to be a great fit for us, exactly what we wanted. But as our organization has changed, right? We made a big transition from being a more podcast media company a year ago to now we're a more advertising agency this year. Everything's changed. Like the whole uh, clientele that's the right fit's changed. The whole what is a good behavior and and a not good behavior within the organization has changed. So once upon a time, you know, I get up and I write a a post about, you know, podcasting, you know, this is why it's great. That served the business once upon a time. That was a great thing to do. Where now I'm getting up and if I did that same thing, that would actually be an action that works against me in a really, really powerful way. So this whole notion of the upgrade we've done at ValorMedia this year to be an advertising agency and now going through these transitions of letting go of things that were once a good idea. And especially the profitable ones. I'll say again that damn it hurts when it's the profitable ones. <laughs> totally had let me to a point where I'm like, even though I know I'm upgrading the identity and this uh, team and what we're doing is going to be resourced into something bigger with a huger potential that fits what we're going after right now, still kind of sucks, man.
0: It's I feel as though it doesn't get any easier either. And I always, every time we talk about it, something like this, I always think about my dad. He had these amazing rows of rose bushes that went across the front of his house, and every year he had the option of just like cutting, like pruning the branches back, or like cutting it back down to the stump. Now, when you cut it back down the stump, they grow out with more branches and a fuller, thicker rose bush displays but every year he had to make the decision of like do i have this horrific stumps for like six months of the year that just looked terrible out the front of the house <laughs> and it killed him because he would put so much tender loving care in the fertilizer the water trimming these things because he would always walk inside with these roses every year but he had to make the call and it's not that he needed to it's that he wanted the outcome of a thicker, fuller rose bush and this was the only way to get it is to take it right back to the stump down at the ground level and go again.
1: It's such a powerful concept though. because And you can look at this in, in many different lenses and I have actually done this. So, I was a bit of a gym junkie in my 20s. I used to go to the gym, lift a lot of weights. Like My life was the gains, right? That's what it was. And then I actually got very much into cycling, like endurance sports was my uh, next love. Now, th- this is a really good example of like they're basically backwards worlds. Yep. Right. So in the bodybuilding world, it's all about eating a lot of protein. In the cycling world, it's very about eating a lot of carbs. When I first left the bodybuilding world to a degree and joined the cycling world, just the notion of sitting there with a plate that was uh, 90% carbohydrates, all <laughs> the things they tell you not to eat, right? That You look at and you're sitting there and you're like, this feels wrong. It feels backwards, right? It very much challenges you at that core level. But if you don't lean fully in to your point of this whole, you know, the roses example here, if you don't lean fully into consuming the identity of the business owner you want to be or the cyclist you want to be, all you end up doing is a really poor version of it. Like I would never have been successful as a cyclist if I just kept dragging
0: through the bodybuilder traits that were working for me in that previous season. Totally. And then, once you just become half pregnant where you're trying to do two things, 50-50. And I, like, I'm trying to do the same now with like weight, muscle gain and golf. Like I'm just, I just have to choose. I'm, I'm trying to gain muscle and I'm trying to get good at golf and they are counterproductive.
1: Oh, you just, re- you just mentioned one of the, the symptoms, right? Have you ever heard of this happening? I've seen this so many times now. It's not funny. Let, let's say there's a business owner, purely metaphorical, right? I'm just going to speak of this in a fable. That has been someone that's on the tools in their organisation. They've bootstrapped it, right? So they've started in and they're doing the thing their business does. And do you know what? They're pretty good at it. Yep. And then over time, they start hiring people, and they have to change their identity from the one who does the thing to the guy who manages the people who does the thing. And what they end up doing is doing the thing and micromanaging the people that are doing the thing. And do you know what? Now they're doing both of these things poorly because they've got twice as much work and. They never fully make the upgrade to get the leverage out of having a team.
0: Totally. I see this all the time. A friend of mine went through this in his electrical business. He's like, i got to get an apprentice on. And now i got to have the apprentice go to the jobs by himself. But he's never as quick. He doesn't bill as much and the quality of the work. Like, we're not getting the same amount of testimonials. And you sit there and you go, hmm... Is that a symptom of something that you need to solve? Is that because of the person? Is that because of the training? But it's like, so then he dove in and he's like, now we're just going to have to jump on jobs both at the same time and try and power through more. And I'm like, is that really the only way to solve this equation is for you to do both be the business owner and the person putting in cables?
1: How have you approached it? Like you've made many like significant, uh, what I'll call identity changes in the context of business. You've also done a ton in health, I've noticed as well. But before you talk into the how you've approached it, can you uh, let me know from your perspective, does it get any easier?
0: Short answer. It does not get any easier. But the oh, thank answer. God. Thank God. <laughs> I'm like, I
1: can't be the only one that's still struggling with this.
0: No, but, but it gets to a point where it's like a muscle, right? It's like first time you try and join the gym, it's it's a hard slog. Like you're dealing with DOMS, muscle pain, fatigue. You have to eat more. You're, like, you're learning all of these things at one time. But then, when you go and stop going to the gym, and a year later you go back to the gym, well, you're like, oh, well, I know what to expect. I now know how to go through the process. And then, if you do it again, stop and go back, it's almost become second nature of this change. And I know what what you've
1: identified there, though. It always feels like there's this um, painful transition into a new identity that you have to get through. And there's always the temptation to revert back. So, in your gym example, it's like, you know, the muscle soreness or the eating. It's very easy in that moment to go, do you know what? I'm not enjoying this. I'm just going to go back to being a sloth. Completely. Or, it's not for me. Yep. Yeah. Or in the business context, do you know what? I'm not enjoying managing team. I'm going to let them all go and go back to being the guy. Yep. Or do you know what? I'm going to go from business operator to business owner. I'm not enjoying this. I'm going to go back. It's too painful.
0: And, but that is the, the challenge. So that's why it become, it's not easy, but you, it becomes easier because you can recognize the change. Right. And so, for me, uh, one thing that I wish that someone told me, which they didn't tell me, is like when you're going from someone like, let's say, use your example of like a business operator to a business owner, where it's, well, I have all these habits of grabbing the coffee in the morning, sitting down in the chair, opening up the project management tool that we use, checking in on all the projects, pinging the team. I might go and check in on some ad accounts or some podcast publishing and like that's a couple of hours blocked out every single morning and that's ingrained in my muscle memory it's like it's a place i know i guess the output we're looking for it's what we need to be successful etc cetera, etc cetera. so then as i try to upgrade and change to this new identity it's like well what do i replace that with right like what is the new moment in the morning of the habit that i have and so in another example might be well the thing i need to do is maybe network more or go and talk to people or go out for coffees and do sales and partnerships and all these things. But I keep falling back into, oh, but what about the projects? What about the accounts? How are the team going? And that is the big challenging part because even if there was another example, like you're always going to go back to the muscle memory that you have. of. Well, this is just what I did every time I opened my computer. This is what the team expects. This is what people want from me. And trying to resist that default operating approach with something new that becomes a new default.
1: I've definitely left that too vague in the past, right? Where it's like, let's use the business operator to owner. And I'm even happy to share a story if we want to. When I first started hiring people to do operations, or even use a better example, when you came on board to do more operational stuff so that I could focus on marketing and sales, right? Or acquisition, whatever you want to call it. Get clients. (laughs) Yep. I found it very challenging. Very, very challenging. Because I had these intimate relationships with the team, who I love, Right. I wasn't terrible at operations either. I mean, you, you, we may leave that for a debate future, but just I'll come give, up me, against give you. me that right now. <laughs> give me it for now. Give me it for now. <laughs> Actually, we can let the team vote. I'm for that. I'm for <laughs> that. Um, anyway, the, the point being is it's not like I was terrible at these things and it wasn't working for me to a degree. Like that routine and structure was working for me. When, when you came on board, even though I knew I had to transition in these things, the vagueness in the new habits And what a successful week or month, or what are the most important actions for this person? I don't think I did a good enough job of identifying. And in turn, um, what tended to happen is that I would come back around to see you doing operations and almost like try and double do operations. And then just feel a little bit shitty around not giving you enough support in the growth department of acquisition. So it was kind of like business was good. And then the thing that was kind of pushing me to do more is I I felt like I was letting you down. That was the way of kind of signaling more action here. But it would have been so much smarter if I had spent some time going, well, what does does success in my new role actually look like? And how do the people that are successful in that actually behave, think all the things that go into a successful week there? Right. I did a terrible job of that in the initial transition, mostly because we were too busy, right? Things were very, very full on. Like, but what business owner doesn't say that? Who's sitting there twiddling their thumbs?
0: Totally. And I'm so glad you acknowledged that, Charlie. Get the hell out of my way. Far out. Stop touching my things. <laughs> there was a bit of that. <laughs> but, but it comes naturally, right? Especially if you are someone who, like you, knows, loves everything around advertising, marketing, etc., as do I. And everyone always has slightly different views and slightly different way of doing things. It's not that one's better or one's worse, but you go, hey, this is how I would approach it. But you hit on two really important points there. First one being, you understood what you needed to do in your new role, which is do the activities to get more clients and get the name out there. But you also understood there is a throughput that needs to happen in this new role that I've just handed off onto someone. and knowing how to approach both of them is fundamentally the key here. So, like number one, well, what does your day-to-day look like to go and get clients? What activities do you need to do? Sometimes it might not be a linear. You might have 10 conversations with 10 great prospects that might lead to zero sales. It's not linear where if I start 10 projects, I'm getting 10 projects done which is linear, right? <laughs> right? And so if you're operating from the business operator perspective, say, you have,
1: what, a, what a terrible set of expectations you can totally. set yourself
0: up for on that. So, you, so you've got to fundamentally change your success criteria. Like it's now gone from throughput of projects where every single project must be successful because it's client-facing to I just need to have a whole heap of conversations and if they all turn into nothing, great. Like that's just the journey and path I'm on. Where you just need to upgrade that. But also on the other side is if I just try to be a a Charlie version 2, well, that's just not natural to me, which means now you're trying to micromanage every single gap that I have in your mind, even though I might actually be stronger at it than you, I just have more information than you ever did, right? And so then you're trying to make me more like you, when in actual fact, if you let my wings spread and manage other things around it, like, hey, these are some of the key metrics that we need to look at. Do whatever you need to s- below that. I'm just going to upgrade how I've managed it as opposed to me getting in on the tools and everything. That's the second lens that you have to also upgrade yourself on. And so, those are two conflicting things that not enough people understand is the upgrade to themselves, but the upgrade to how they used to look at the role they've just passed off onto someone else in the example of business operator and owner.
1: I've so done that. <laughs> I, remember, I remember there's this time, right? i I'd share this story quickly. This was in a previous business but um, this is the first time I'd really worked with someone on more like a partnership level and I hadn't done that before and I had done something this business needed to do before with great success and I said, here's the way to do it. Let's get after it and this person refused to do it that way and I was like filthy at him. I'm like, I'm giving you the recipe. Like just do it this way and like there was a lot of friction in in that because I felt justified because I used to do it and they did it a different way and I was like, annoyed, annoyed, annoyed.
0: Their way ended up being slightly better. But that's the challenge, right? Um, and there's this, this kind of sub lens that I'll put across the top of it is, And it's innate to every single business owner. I've never spoken to a business owner that has never said this, which is like, no one's as good as me, Charlie. And you know what's funny? It's probably bloody true, but you just need to accept that and go, that's fine. What can but I get? I, dis- I, I
1: disagree. I, I so, I'm sorry to interrupt on that. I, I think we've been thinking about this one wrong too. Give it to me. to your opinion. point, yeah, go. to your point, they go. Oh, I can never find anyone as good as me. I feel as the wrong comment. What they're meaning is, I can never find anyone that does it exactly the same as me.
0: And that's the point. Right. It's the lens that you look at it through. It's not the fact that I can't find anyone as good as me. It's the fact that you have such an ego that you think that you do it the best and right way. When in actual fact, you might have been going too fast, which means you're making more mistakes. You might have been. It's super biased.
1: It's completely completely. biased lens we look through. I've often made an unfair comparison. It's like, all right, we're going to compare it to me who's been doing this every day for the last year versus someone who's been in the role for one week. Yeah. And we're like, oh, they can't do this as good as me. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> what?
0: Plus, of course look, not. <laughs> plus you look at it, at it through the lens of a business owner. It's like every waking moment of a business owner's life is thinking about the problems in their business they're trying to solve. Team members and employees, no. They're thinking about the school for the kids. They're thinking about buying the new house. Th- their number one problem is not the success of the business. That's your problem. I've got to throw
1: one more though. I love it when I've got to the point of saying, Oh, uh, they can't do it as good as me and then I sit and then only upon later realizing, yeah, but I didn't interview for the well, the role well, I didn't put out a good job description. I wasn't willing to pay market rate for an A player, but they can't do this as good as me.
0: Well, it's funny that you say that because I've seen another situation pan out where they've actually gone back in to do the role and then decrease the organization to fill up until that brim. So they hit essentially a ceiling and they just said, "You know what?" That's where I want to be from now on. Instead of sitting there saying, how do I approach this differently? They just said, well, the bucket's only a litre. I'm just going to fill it up to a litre. Instead of going, oh, I can make the bucket two litres. I just need to understand how to deal with that two litre bucket. <laughs> Have you heard of the Peter principle? <laughs> uh, yep, 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 yep. I won't steal it from you, but yeah, go. I love okay, so the PETA principle. If,
1: for anyone that hasn't heard it, because I, I, you, you, I bet you already see where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. All right, The idea being is that um, genetically... We all have a level we get to and we can't actually get past there. So the idea being you might be great on the tools, but then if we upgrade you to a manager, and I shouldn't say upgrade, it's like if you change your identity to being a manager, well, you suck at managing people, but your limit was working on the tools. And then you've got the manager and then it's like, well, the manager gets moved to the manager of managers. Now, some people are great at managing people that do the work, but when you get them to manage other managers, like it's past their ceiling and they do a poor job of it. And this keeps going and keeps going. And the idea being that it's we have a natural level of thinking that is right for us. right? It's where we're genetically uh, dispositioned, we'll put it. Now, if anyone's ever had someone in their organization, let's say, that's a good salesperson, and then they've upgraded to a a sales manager, and they've like, shit the bed, this is the Peter Principle. Or someone who was a great uh, operator, and then you moved them into a, a promotion, and then they did terrible in the promotion. This is the Peter Principle at work. If the Peter Principle is real and true, is there anything wrong with the business owner? Do you know what? Saying, I found my limit here. I'm great in operations, but I'm, I, I'm struggling to make the jump to business owner. And just for lens, that's where you no longer work inside any of the activities in a business. It's where you operate as a true owner. Yep. What's wrong with that?
0: I, I don't think there is. However, a lot of the people that I talk to don't want to stay there. They continue wanting to grow. The aspiration and it, is higher. Yeah. So, then the second order consequence is they'll usually go and start a second business and take on the risk and try and get something else to the same level. Yeah. So, they'll just try and do multiple of the same thing and usually they end up doing it poorly. And the Peter Principle is really interesting because it's the promotion of your level of incompetence. And so, we we see this a lot where I'll use the word technician, whether that is someone who was a really good media buyer for paid ads in another organization his employee saying, well, I'm really good at this. I should go and start a business when potentially starting a business already hit their level of incompetence because they didn't actually know how to go out and sell people and deliver and build a team and all those kind of things. So in those examples, there's a lot of business owners that do that. That is them stepping out of their level of incompetence. But the challenge is when it comes to the Prita Principle, that they'll never want to step back right because that's where they want and that's the biggest difficulty with the Peter principle. That is a trap in itself
1: that's like uh, for me it's like saying I want to be in the NBA I'm determined to be in the NBA but it's like I'm uh, I don't want to say never right it might still happen Grant. let's not write it out but it's the idea of like if I'm not seven foot and already down that pathway by now the likelihood of it happening.
0: Completely and so what you'll see is and basketball is great so I know more about like the soccer divisions, but in soccer, you've got the Premier League and then you've got Div 1, Div 2, Div 3, and it kind of goes down. Now, if you're a premiership player, right, why would you want to accept the fact that you've gone to your level of incompetence and accept going down to Div 1? You're just like, screw this, I quit. Or you just take a huge pay cut to go and stay on some other premiership team. No, man,
1: I know what happens. They stay there and they just turn into miserable sad sacks because they never, ever get the rewards from business. They never make the money.
0: And that is the, the challenge with the Peter Principle, where like when you promote, in your example of the salesperson to a sales manager, they now see the income of a sales manager role. They now have the the perceived pedigree of a sales manager role, when in actual fact that would just be better for the organization if they step down and become a sales, man- like just a a sales rep instead of a sales manager. And this is where it gets caught out for business owners, for business owners when we try to uh, upgrade employees, like when we try and promote employees, because that is. It's just such a big suck in. It's like, were you good at sales? You must be a great sales manager. Do you think we do, a, as
1: business owners in general, a really poor job of acknowledging like if someone's new to the gym, like let's say, uh, do you know what? I'll make this a really good example. I'm going to put you in the endurance sports tomorrow. I'm going to get you a bike. You've never done it before. Never. Right? I've done it and know the pain you're going to go through just like um, I went through. But if I don't support you well in understanding that pain, is the Peter Principle actually real, or is it just that we've done a poor job of setting expectations in the idea of like, dude, this is going to suck. You're not going to be able to walk for a few weeks. Like, yep. you're going to be cowboy walking, and chafe is real, and all, all these things that are just the unknowns. Just like if anyone and to make another relevant example, someone going to the gym not expecting to get DOMS, yep, versus they are expecting to you know be sore from the gym.
0: Yeah, great question. So when I look at that lens. I agree that there is the expectation management at one layer, which is this is what you're going to expect. This is how you be successful. And then you should do it. I think the real trap for the example of business operators going to business owners is that most business owners started their business around a key skill set they've already got, which means they need to fundamentally learn everything. Now, in the example of like you enjoyed running ads and being marketing, if that's the thing you thoroughly enjoy, I and then do. you try I and fucking ch- love
1: it. I try not to, but I uh, continue.
0: <laughs> yeah, but if that's the thing that you love, which is like you love being on the tools, you love building the strategy for the team, you love looking at the ad creative, you love reading through, you love seeing the leads, everything. The business owner lens, you can actually bloody hate, right? Which is you look at P&Ls, you start to try and think about how you uh, scale acquisitions, you're going to start looking at how you scale the delivery team. And that lens is a completely different game entirely like you're not going from division one to premiership in soccer like you're going from soccer to basketball right like you're not enjoying what you're playing now it's something completely different and that's where it's actually i look at it going yes you actually might go to a level of incompetence where you don't actually enjoy it anymore which means you've got no reason to get out of bed no matter how much expectation setting you put on top of it you just need to understand like is that something that i want to do because maybe it's not
1: it still feels backwards to me.
0: I'm going to be real. Like I know right now,
1: one of the best things I can do is go to one of the elite golf courses in Melbourne and play golf with other business owners at those golf courses. Uh, The relationship capital and JV potential and client getting potential, that is a role no one else in our organization can do um, at the level I can do. And it's the best value I had. But on a Monday afternoon, which it's a Monday today, I'm going to literally, instead of working on an ad account, go do that,
0: feels upside down. And it does. Interestingly enough, your activity is non-linear, to go back to that point. It's, C- completely.
1: As- so then you don't have the feedback loop to enforce that it's a good idea. I mean, it has Absolutely. turned out pretty well this year, I will say. But, that's, but it's like but it still doesn't make it any easier.
0: Totally. But that's the thing, right? Like your feedback horizon, instead of it being week by week, uh, ad success and week by week, um, like project delivery, your feedback window is just bigger, right? Which is like, how how can you look at the one like if you woke up and just took one swing of the bat? How do you make that a home run in a, a three hundred sixty five day window instead of in a seven day window? And that's what you just start comparing your success against, um, which is just challenging, right? Because as business owners, like I love feedback. The greatest feedback is increasing clients, increasing revenue, increasing team, and like I can see that every week. But when you're doing something like you're talking about, it's like you're not going to see that feedback for another year, which means that like that year of building these relationships, like it's just going to feel like you're in this no man's land of nothingness because there is no feedback if you're doing it right or wrong until after the year finished.
1: It's a great example of when a negative financial impact can have us feel like we're doing the wrong thing also. So if you go from uh, business operator to business owner again, and we could use other examples. I just feel like it's an easy one to, for people to understand. As their it the owners. audience very well. Yeah, probably not bad. <laughs> um, when you make that transition and hire someone, let's say you hire a CEO in this example. Yep. You're going to spend all this money and then in the following months, like you would expect your p l to look different because you've just hired someone that's going to cost more money, right? But if your expectation is, well, now I'm as this business owner, like I should be seeing life or experiencing things in a different way. That's that negative loop that can really mess with you. And I suspect it does. So if you're expecting you may have a couple of negative months once hiring a CEO and it turns into six because right, expectation management wasn't there, now you've got, well, did I make the right decision? And that can be especially around financial ones and hiring. I've experienced anxiety around that. I, will, I definitely have. I've been very challenged with that at times, unless it these days. I, I'm more of the view you've got to have great people to do anything remarkable these days. But certainly earlier on in my career, hiring and the negativeness of money made it very
0: challenging for me and how I was looking at it. And you, you hit this amazing point, which is, and, and we always come, we always talk about the three questions in every decision, which is like, what's the up, what's the potential upside, what's the potential downside, can I live with the potential downside? Because I've spoken to people who, to your point, have sold their companies. Lost the entire identity, which was being a business owner, only for them to sit there and just be like, Who am I? Like, what do I do next? Right. But then they can't go back because they've sold it. In your example of a CEO, okay, well, what's the end? What's the downside? Okay, well, you end up getting rid of the CEO. You either replace them or you step back. Okay, well, the only downside is financial and maybe a little bit of client risk and delivery risk. Okay, not the end of the world. Like, you can deal with that. Right, so making those decisions along the way as you're trying to upgrade your identity. In this example of replacing yourself as the CEO, all you're looking at is going, "Well, what is the fallback position if it doesn't work? Whether it's a cost or a time or otherwise." Um, and I always find that having that as a lens makes it so much easier of going, "Great, well, this is just going to be the better decision." It's like you on the on the golf course trying to meet these people and network with like their next level up. It's like, okay, well, what's the potential upside? Huge, like it. It's nonlinear. Like you couldn't actually graph it out based on one great relationship. What's the downside? Okay, well you're going to have to pay for the t- the golf. You're going to have to pay for your time. You're going to have to do all these things, which means you're not in the business, and it probably costs a little bit more because you're going to have to put in a team to do the delivery for you. Well, can you live with the downside? Well, yeah, I just go back into the business, <laughs> right? Or I just go a different sport, or I go a different networking thing. Like I just hang up the golf clubs and do something else. Right, like those lenses across these decisions are the key to really sort of going, okay, well, is this the right decision that I'm making? And I've always found it's like a a really good wall to avoid myself stepping back into it. It's like, well, i got to allocate my time elsewhere and this is why. Now I'm not looking back over the fence. And in your example, it's granted the right thing.
1: Even with all the awareness I have to this, and you've nailed it, and I'll I'll summarise here is like if you're going to make an identity upgrade, it's like the behaviours have to change. Right. Yep. Success in your new role doesn't look like the success in your old role, right? Or old identity here. So if you're a manager going into a CEO, or if you're a business operator going into an owner, whatever it is, right, the success criteria changes, the role changes, what you measure and how you think about it changes. Even with, as I said, this was only, I'm wearing this brand new top. It was only a week ago I did this. It still sucks. Like it still is a portion of like, known sucking in that time. And retail therapy can help. I will say, as Grant said, can definitely help.
0: (laughs) Is a recommendation for everyone just to deal with all their problems through a little bit of retail therapy.
1: (laughs) Well, I have one more thing I actually do when I'm doing
0: identity changes. Is there anything else you do when you're going
1: through an identity
0: change? So I do, but I feel as though I'm going to say something similar to you, so I won't say it. I'll let you go first. And if it's not, I'll add mine on the end.
1: I change other things in my life.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So experience. I am. Very,
1: very. Uh, all right. So I, I'm a big believer in habit slip. I, I really am. I, I think that if you get up every day and you do the same walk, have the same coffee, have the same computer, have the same haircut, wear the same clothes, go to the same gym, it's too easy to slip into the old way. Mm-hmm. Right? It's too easy. So when I made the transition from um, bodybuilder to cyclist, cancelled the gym membership. I bought the bike. I got rid of the protein powders so that there was no way I could fall back into it. I was like, well, what clothes do cyclists wear? I start wearing Rafa stuff instead of wearing, you know, like Gold's Gym Singlets. Uh
0: (laughs) (laughs) Amazing.
1: Yeah, but I really look at this and say in the moments of desperation, if you don't change other elements, when it's truly hard doing what you're doing, if you haven't changed enough other things in your life, the, the temptation to sleep is only enhanced. And if you're an alcoholic trying to not be an alcoholic, that's an identity shift. Like if you were the alcoholic and you want to be a, what do they call them? It's like, I am now a recovered alcoholic. They have a very specific language they use. But it's like, if you can't resist um, drinking when you're at the bar, don't live near the bar. Don't be near the bar. Don't, it, like. There's all these things you can do to uh, force the transition. doesn't make it easier. I really want to say that. But it can certainly stop you from falling back into other ways. And I think there's a really powerful idea that when you're going through significant business uh, change, that you should also change clothes you wear, change the computer you have, get a different haircut. A big one people probably notice to me is, and they might fall in sync, is moving house, living in a different place. Like You want to stack the deck, even if uncomfortable, to
0: support the notion and identity of who you want to become. You know it's interesting? You do this better than most from the observation that I have where even if it's a small change, like whether you're trying to like upgrade your cooking, like you will adapt and change all of these little things. Like not as big of um, like if you're near a bar, com- like completely move house or like change groups that you hang out with from cyclists to people who hit the gym and all those types of things. Like you even do it on this super micro level. Like you have almost perfected this as an art form, <laughs> which like I'm not going to go cook beef anymore. I'm going to cook fish. And it just like changes this little iteration. Like how do you think of it from a big scale? I like, get it. from, a- Even from this small scale, I'm like... Whether it's walking on a treadmill to walking outside, like you have these refinements. Is it, you look at it every single week and you just go, um, what am I doing that I want to do different? Is it a calendar? Like, how do you do it?
1: Now, that is an interesting question because I think I prioritize it differently to other people. Fair. So, for example, if I know I'm trying to make some sort of identity change in this context, I prioritize all these other things as importantly as the identity change in the new role. Because I, my belief is it's required. Now, when I've looked and this is observed where I've failed in my own accounts, it's because I made it easy to go back. I didn't. I know burn the boats is an overused term and it's not necessarily 100% true in this context, but it does fit of going, if I make it easy to fall back into these things, that's where I've failed. And then I've also watched other people like numerously, like how many times we watched someone hire a high-level employee and then end up sacking them to go back. They don't complete the transition or they say they want to work less hours, they hire people to do the work and then they end up falling in or whatever it is. Like Preventing failure in an identity change is as important to me as the other side of setting the new habits that come with it because in the combination of those two things is where I found success personally. Now, I'm not saying that's going to work for everyone else, but I would make the argument that if you give it a go, you might find it much more enhanced and capable.
0: So does that mean for you, like, scaling up to partnerships and all these other things, I should get the team to delete your project management tool, logins, your ad account login, (laughs) everything so you can't see anything? Okay.
1: (laughs) So this is the one that I will say, if you check the last time I've gone into ClickUp or the last time I logged into the Google admin, it's changed.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Actually, you know what's funny? It tells me and I'm like, See, yeah, you can looking. see it. Yeah, totally.
1: I, I don't do it I've because refu- the new identity wouldn't allow it. I don't even have the logins to a lot of things. Just like I don't have the logins to the website because that, like, that was stuff I used to tinker with. The one I struggle with is the ad account, I will say. Like I still at times even to this day where we're working on a fun and exciting project. i just refreshed like, it like 10 times. <laughs> and I
0: I'll would never, I'll never let you not in, have that joy. But I, I like your fact of... Not so much burning the boats, but it's like the transition in identity. And it's something that uh, I've lent into heavier more recently um, where like previously when I was running an enterprise business, like I would suit up, no tie. I look like a 12-year-old child if I wear a tie. But I would wear like it a is, suit. It is so super cute. By the way, when, when I've seen you in a suit, probably before, and I'm like, look at that guy over there. He's kidding This twelve year old wanting to be someone. Uh, do, and do you know genetics. what
1: makes it work as well is because Hazel, your wife, is very uh, has gifted young. genetics and looks quite young as well. Imagine these guys go back in time. They've got a little time machine here. Like, are they 20? Imagine they go to their high school dance.
0: So outrageous. It's terrible. But it's during that season. Oh, man. This is the worst. Um, Yeah. Shirts, suit jackets, like dress shoes. Like, I went from being basically a digital nomad into this new identity. And I had to change. Like, it was. And so it's to your point, did I get rid of like the gym shorts and the gym tops and everything. No, like I, I kept them, but in your example, like sure. Like I could have got rid of them, thrown them out, donated them, whatever. So then I can't really fall back into it. It's not like I'm gonna rock up to the office in thongs and a singlet. Right. It's like this is the new identity. This is where people see me as. This is the what I wanted to portray. So I, I really like that point. And I found one thing as well that was beneficial to me it was almost trying to find someone who has done the thing that I'm trying to do. So for you in N- your normalized
1: coffee, result. normalized result yeah totally
0: so for you in your new identity around the golf example looking for good partnerships and clients and all those kind of things it's like okay well what does someone who does that look like and how what have they normalized in their life where they're completely fine with taking all these swings of a bat and connecting with one once a year for example once every six months like what have why are they so different to me and what can i learn from them as i go through the journey
1: this as a side note, that's why I think a lot of people at golf clubs are fat. It's the stress eating going through this transition. No, I'm just joking.
0: <laughs> I'm sitting there I'm like, I can't wait for you to normalize that. This is going to be fantastic. <laughs> little little pudgy Charlie. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no,
1: no. And to, I, to be fair, that's an untrue statement. Uh, the average amount of overworked people at golf clubs as in the rest of the world, I'm sure. <laughs> no,
0: dude, golfers are actually really fit. I, I've never seen in so a lot many of thin people. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Anything else you wanted to cover off before we wrap this one up? Let's wrap it up. Done deal. If you're listening to this and you're like, this is interesting. How do I look to upgrade my identity? Feel free to reply back to the email and just spam Charlie and ask him all these questions around how he hacks it. And he'll more than happily reply to you. And if you're like, how do I get on that email list? I got it for you. Head over to businessandinvesting.com forward slash newsletter. Put in your name and email, hit subscribe, and we'll notify you every single time one of these episodes come out. Just wants to, want to say thank you, if I can speak, Charlie, for joining us. We'll catch no, you, you on you the next speak. episode. No, <laughs> you can't speak
1: because I say right now
0: I'm in the ad account I shouldn't be looking at. And I'm ah, get leads. out of it. Get I'm, out in, of I'm it. seeing
1: leads for 10 bucks. Yes. Oh, my yes. God. Get
0: out. All right. Thanks, everyone. We'll catch you on the next episode of Business and Investing.